Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What is going on, everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome back to a very special Hero or Zero episode here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. Now... It's happened again. Sean is away again this week, which means, ladies and gentlemen, that we get to have a chat. Um, if this is your first episode of Hero or Zero, I am normally joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mead, doing the whole intro. Don't know why. I have nobody to throw to. Um, but he's on holidays this week. He's just He just lives in the affluent north. Like He's going on a, a few holidays a year. You know how it is. Um, and so that means we have been left alone. It feels like when the smart person leaves the room and now we're all the idiots that were just left over and that means I get free reign to do whoever I want for a hero or zero. Um, for these episodes, for the last one, I did Tim Drake, if you want to go back and listen to that. That was, I think, only a few weeks ago. He goes on lots of holidays. Um, but <laughs> um, this week, what I decided to do was along the same lights. Anyone who listens to this podcast know that I love... You know, the whole Batman universe, all that stuff. And very early on in this show, on this podcast, I should say, we kind of covered a lot of Batman characters really, really early on. Um, And one of those characters was one of my favourite Batman creations, um, and that is Terry McGuinness, Batman Beyond, or Batman of the Future. I think that was what it was called in Australia. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, this character is one of my absolute favourites and I think we covered him in the very, like, I think might have been episode 10. May, like, that early on. Tim Drake was episode 3. I think this was, like, episode 10. That's how early on this was. Now, this is, I think, four years ago, nearly, at this stage. 
So what I've decided to do since then, we have actually bought some good microphones and we've also got some good recording areas. You might not think it, you might think the audio is pretty shit on these episodes, but they're actually better than they were because you couldn't get worse than absolute dog shit. So (laughs) thank you for all the people who've been here since those episodes. We hope that you're thinking now, yeah, they've gotten slightly better. So what I've decided to do is maybe redo a character that we've already done and maybe hopefully do him justice again this time and with a bit of better audio quality. And it also means that when Sean's not here, we don't do a character, I don't cover a character that, say, he doesn't know anything about, because that's kind of the fun of Hero Zero. We go, I find a DC character I'm assuming he knows nothing about, and then we kind of all learn together. If we do that this week, he's going to come back and say, well, why did you do that without me? I could have, that could have been a fun time. So... We're gonna be we're gonna be covered Terry Megidus. Um, it's got, hopefully it's not gonna be a very long episode. Tim Drake, I did ramble. Um, very hard not to ramble when it's just you on a podcast. <laughs> I I remember thinking back to the last time. God, I'm talking a lot, but then I remembered if I don't, it's just going to be silence. So that is what we're stuck with. Um, also. If you like what you hear, if you've listened to any other episodes and you, you like what you hear, when there's two of us, could you give us a like and review? Whatever podcast platform that you're listening to this on, it would really help us out. Um, don't go to our TikTok at the minute. Sean put up a video about Star Wars, um, that's only about 37 seconds long, and it's from our review of Revenge of the Sith. I think it's in line with Obi-Wan coming out, and every comment is Star Wars fans calling me a dickhead. So that's good stuff. Um, I'm really proud of him for picking the 30 seconds. That means that the whole fan base turns against me. But he comes across real well. He comes across, oh boys, he's smooth sailing. Absolutely perfect. But old con man, he's getting a bit of abuse. Um, I was reading it like, ah, lads, come on. <laughs> I don't even like Obi-Wan, Obi, whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> no, I know. Have you seen episode three? So good. So good. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about Terry McGinnis. Um And I think the only place to start is there's probably a few people, quite a lot of people, I would say, that haven't seen Batman Beyond, the animated series. Um, and Terry McGinnis is really interesting because as far as I'm aware, he was created for the TV show and then brought into the comic books. And the comic books are within that canon of the animated world. Um, so he wasn't actually in mainstream DC, uh, the, that run of, say, Batman, Robin, all them. The animated shows had their own comic book world that was happening in the 90s and in the 2000s. So Batman the Animated Series also had its own run. And the story behind Batman Beyond is really fascinating, how he even became to, be, to exist. Because obviously you have Bruce Tim, Paul Dini all the lads working on Batman the Animated Series. And season four gets greenlit. It's all a go. It gets called the new Batman Adventures or whatever. And it's all going great. But then one day CW come to them and they say, we've cancelled season five. There's no season five of Batman the Animated Series. So first of all, I mean, we're all thinking, why? They were kind of killing it. But secondly, okay, cool. So Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, they all kind of all go away. And they're basically told... What we want from the CW is because Buffy the Vampire Slayer at that time, I think it's like 2000, they were like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is killing it. Absolutely killing it. It's a teenager with superpowers or a teenage hero surrounded by friends that solves crimes and does all that stuff. 
And so, I mean, I I also I understand Buffy doesn't solve crimes, <laughs> but I know somebody's gonna come. I'm just thinking of the TikTok comments, lads. Please, um, but what they wanted was they were like, we want a teenage Batman, cool, hip, down with the kids. That's what's gonna get them all involved. And we all kind of know that. I mean, teenage Batman just does not work. Doesn't make any sense. And so Bruce Tim kind of even said that to them. He's like. But you do realise if Batman's a teenager, then he doesn't have any of the skills he learned. So how could he be a teenager in school solving solving crimes? But Because he's not technically Batman yet. And they're like, we don't give a shit. Just fucking make it work. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, teenage Batman. Hip cool. You're 2000. Um, and I, I'm sure they, caught, they talked like that. They also like did the finger guns as well, just when they were doing it. Um, but... So they kind of go away, Bruce Tim goes away, and he's thinking to himself, he doesn't want to ruin the canon that they've created with Batman the Animated Series. Like, they've spent four seasons, they've won several Emmys, they've absolutely just done, like, one of the, I would say, the best animated show of all time. So, I mean, you don't want to then just go, okay, well, we'll just scrap that, we'll move on to the next thing. So he comes up with a new idea, that instead of having Bruce Wayne as the teenage Batman, the only way you could do it is instead of going backwards to go forwards in time until there's another young person that takes over as Batman. Um, and within that whole thing, then that raises a whole host of other issues. And Bruce Tim, I think, has even said in an interview um, that he was talking to the executives at the CW and he's just basically spitballing this. Like, he's just... They're, like, saying to him, like, you're either fired or you come up with some. And he's just... Well, we go forward in time, and there's a future Batman. It's Batman of the future, and, all, and he's just basically coming up with this on the spot, as we've all done. Like he's done a book report and a book he hasn't read, and eventually one of the CW execs is like, "That's a great idea. Let's do that." And then he's of course shitting himself because he's like, "I don't actually have anything. It's just like there's no backup to this. I just have something I just came up with randomly." So he goes away, gets the whole team together from the animated series. And they basically break it down over like several weeks. And because the CW says we want to lodge this in October. So you've got to have this all sorted out probably in the next maybe three weeks. So they have to create a whole new show in three weeks. So they all go away. They all come up with it. And within that, then they also have to come up with all of the all the new villains. Because they didn't obviously want to have Bruce's villains. So you have, they have to create villains from scratch. Not in the comic books. They have to create every character. Because there's no canon for this. It's just them doing it off their own back. Um, and that's why I think Batman Beyond is probably... I think Batman Beyond is more impressive as a concept than the animated series. Obviously the animated series I would say is better. But as a concept, like they just had nothing. They just they just came up with it on the, like, on the spot between them. And uh, there was even said at one stage they were literally just drawing people. And there's a villain called Shriek. And his thing is that he can take all the sound out of any any room or any situation. And how they came up with him was literally over this three-week span, they're all just drinking cups of coffee in this room, papers everywhere, smoke, I'm, I'm assuming, everywhere. And they're just drawing people. And one of them just drew this villain. And they just hands it to, I think, I can't remember who they handed it to. I don't think it was Bruce Tim, but they handed it to somebody else. They were like, okay, this guy has something to do with sound, um, I don't have anything else other than that. He's a villain. Go. And then they had to come up with it from there. So they have the design, but they don't have anything to do with the backstory, who the villain is, all that stuff. 
So within all that, Terry McGuinness comes along. And Terry McGuinness is a really great character because he absolutely should not work. Because who wants to watch Batman when Bruce Wade is a Batman? And how they made it work was the series is about Terry. It's not about Bruce. And it would have been really easy. They had Kevin Connery come back as Bruce Wayne. You could have really easily just done a storylines of old cranky Bruce. He's getting into scrapes and he's kind of going along. And then there's a Batman there and he just kind of just does the save every time. That's not what it is. It's Terry's story and then Bruce is kind of along for the ride. And it, he basically just adopts Terry as his son that he never had. Um, and so, I mean, where to start with... Terry McGuinness I suppose you have to go off the episodes and if anyone hasn't seen it where where it's based off of is that we join Gotham City where Bruce is in like his 50s and he's designed this futuristic suit that gives him enhanced strength enhanced speed enhanced stamina because obviously he's getting slower so he's now designing suits to try and counteract the fact that naturally he's just becoming slower and more beaten up every time and he has this suit and he, st- he the, I think it's the mayor's daughter gets kidnapped. It's just like a classic cliche story. There's a damsel in distress. Batman shows up. He beats up all the, all the kidnappers. But just before he's about to beat up the last kidnapper, Bruce has a heart attack. And like a legit heart attack in the bit because obviously like he's he's pushing his body to the limits. He's I think he's fifty or sixty at this point, um, and he just has a heart attack in the middle of the fight, and the guy just starts beating him with a fucking crowbar, like just absolutely just wailing on him, um, and eventually it comes to the point where Bruce, as a last ditch effort just to survive, reaches across and he grabs a gun that had been knocked out of somebody else's hand, and he points it at the villain, at the kidnapper. And the kidnapper obviously is like puts his arms up and runs away. But like that is your first start of this series isn't going to be for kids. This series is along the same lines as the animated series. Bruce Wayne retires because he broke his one rule. That is like, to be fair, like that is a fucking cool reason for him to retire. Because why else would he leave? Nothing else would happen that would make him leave unless he died. Um... It would have to be something along that level. So the fact that it took him having a heart attack, he was about to die, then he picks up the gun, and then you see him go, never again. Once he's picked up a gun in a fight with any criminal, he never wants to be Batman again. So he just retires the suit, retires as Batman, leaves it. And where the series begins is 20 years after that. So Bruce is like probably 75 at this stage. He's... um. Long since retired, he lives away in Bruce Mansion, or in, in Wayne Mansion, Bruce Mansion, <laughs> Wayne Mansions. nobody ever sees him, he's still CEO, I think, of Wayne Tech, um, but there's a guy called uh, Powers, who's also over Wayne Tech at the minute, I think it's Wayne Powers Tech, I think it's like a merger or some shit, but he's basically off to the side, and we joined Terry McGuinness, 17 year old, played by Will Friedel, and he's just like a normal run the, you know, He's just a generic child. He's just kind of he's he's in school. He goes about his days. Um, his father or his father and his mother are divorced, and um, this was after him and his little brother were born. So you can see massive differences between himself and Bruce and Meech. Like Terry does have a family. He has parents. He has a, he has a brother. It's completely different, just in terms of upbringing, origin, all that stuff. 
Um, and with Terry turned out to be like a bit of a juvenile delinquent. Uh, he got in with a guy called Big Time Bigelow. Um, Charlie Big Time Bigelow, great name. If your nickname is Big Time, that's pretty good. Um, and he became a member of a, a street gang, actually. Terry did. And he actually spent three months in juvie. And that's kind of where he comes in. And it's like, that's... When you think of Bruce Wayne, you think of, like, someone who's never done anything wrong ever. Well, he's done a lot of bad shit, but, like, for the greater good, he's constantly at that. He would never do anything bad in that regard. Whereas Terry is just, like, he got with the, got in with the wrong crowd. He, he just started doing some really stupid shit, spent time in juvie. And then when he gets out, he's trying to turn his worst habits around. He's trying to get better. Um, because he's causing a lot of strife for his parents and his father particularly is just like what the fuck are you doing like you're just letting the whole family down and so he's like okay I'm going to try and go straight for you dad and he gets a girlfriend Dana Tan everything's going great Um, but eventually one night him and his dad just have a fight over something stupid I think it's like he wants to go out to a party his father's like no you're not allowed to go out he's like well screw you you're not my real dad fuck off you know we've all heard the cliche stuff so he leaves, and when he's out, um, he gets attacked by a, a street gang, and this is another street gang, uh, they're called the Jokers, so it's just like a group of people who've looked up to the Joker, because the Joker's probably, well, if we go off the movie, not dead, but in this scenario, he's long dead, but he has like these disciples, these gangs that are dressed up like the Joker, um, if you think that's far-fetched, just think of life now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so bad people get groups named after them so um, Terry gets attacked by these jokers and he's fighting them all off but eventually the, the, he gets chased by them on motorbikes onto, onto the outskirts of Gotham City and he ends up at the grounds of Wayne Manor you can see where this is coming together so he's getting attacked by the jokers there's like six on one uh, an aged Bruce Wayne appears and comes out, and he assists Terry in defeating the Jokers. Basically, Bruce just, like, uses his walking stick to just beat the shit out of a few of them, because he's still Batman. Um, the strain of the fight, however, plays substantial stress on Bruce's heart, and he collapses. Um, and Terry helps him into the mansion, and while he's in there, you're never going to believe this, there's a bat stuck in the clock. So Terry goes across, tries to help the bat, I mean, he's a good guy, and accidentally discovers the Batcave while Bruce Wayne is passed out with his chair. Um, so he walks down and this is where he discovers, obviously, Bruce Wayne is Batman, all that stuff. He discovers the new high-tech suit that's down there. He's like, holy shit. Bruce wakes up, comes down, kicks about. Immediately, like, get the fuck out of here. Who the fuck are you, kid? Get out of here. Um, and he returns home, but he finds it covered in Joker's graffiti and discovers that his father has been murdered. So you have the classic, him and his father had a fight, he leaves, when he comes back his father has has passed away. Um, and so obviously he's grief-stricken, and so he looks through his father's belongings, and he finds out that a disc that Warren had taken from his boss, Derek Powers, guy I mentioned early on, Warren works for Wayne Tech or Powers Tech or whatever, and they f- he basically found a disc that was like Derek Powers is doing some bad shit. And Derek Powers, who's like the big CEO, other than Bruce, is like, well, I'm going to make him go quiet. I'm going to make him disappear. And then frame the Jokers. So he thinks it's the Jokers that killed him. So he gets his henchmen to go out and kill Warren and then put ha 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 on all the walls. 
Um, so the police just think it's another gang attack. Um, Terry rushes back to Wayne Manor and uh, he, get, he, let, he gets let back in by Bruce and Bruce examines the disc um, and the disc reveals the powers of making a deadly nerve gas to sell to the government um, of a foreign country for war crimes. Um, Bruce refuses to get involved and Terry's like, and he just tells Terry, go to the police. Um, Terry then is like, well, what the fuck are the police going to do? <laughs> like, they just killed my dad. So he comes back to the way manner. He ties up Ace the Bathound and he steals the bat suit. This is the high tech one. And it has rockets in the shoes. It's got wings. If you haven't seen the intro to Batman the Animated Series, by the way, or Batman Beyond the, An- the Animated Series, go watch it. I just... It's an absolutely great intro. It's a completely different vibe from the animated series itself. Um, so Bruce obviously discovers the theft and he gets on the radio and he's like, you're a fucking stupid kid. You're stealing my suit. And Terry's like, no, it's the right thing to do. I'm going to use this suit to fight Derek Powers. Um, and there's actually a great scene where Bruce is like, give back the suit. And Terry's like, no, I'm going to have justice. And Bruce is like, well, if you don't want to give back the suit, I'm going to turn it off. And so when he turns it off, it just loses all power. And so Terry can't move. And it's in the middle of a fight. And Terry's just getting beaten to death by lads with baseball bats. Like all of the henchmen. He went into like the fight and he was fully powered. Bruce shuts him down. He's getting beaten to death. And there's a great story who's like, Bruce, if you don't turn this back on, I'm going to die. And so Bruce Wade is like, okay, fine. Because he's still, he's still Batman. So he presses the button, suits goes back up or wakes back up. Terry beats the ball up. He eventually fight. He finds uh, Derek Powers. He overcomes him. Uh, inadvertently, he exposes him to his own weapon. Classic villain origin story. And uh, Derek Powers gets a. Uh, he becomes a, a villain called Blight, who is basically nuclear power, like he's nuclear energy in human form. Um, and so convinced that there's still a need for Batman. Bruce visits Terry after all this uh, early one morning and he basically is just like wants to hire Terry as his personal assistant and so his, Terry's mother is like oh my god Terry got a summer job that's fantastic and Bruce and Terry are standing there like yeah this is cool and the episode one literally ends with Terry or Bruce saying to Terry welcome to my world and so you're just like immediately brought in and I just think just as an origin story, I mean, it's perfect in that regard. Um, that it's just, Terry's just trying to do the right thing. And Bruce is old and cranky, but he kind of sees that Terry has good in him. Even though, like, he has a troubled past, but he's trying to do good. He's trying to be better. Um, and he's also trying to earn money to help support his family. Because obviously now his father's passed away. So he's, like, trying to bring in some extra money for him and his mother and his little brother. Um and so within that like he throughout the whole series you have a whole host of villains that he comes across i mean you've got blight i've mentioned shriek as i mentioned uh, the royal flush gang Oof, great name love the name the royal flush gang spellbinder uh Carrara. um and i mean there's there's just a whole host of new villains that they've created and ink as well you'll notice that a lot of the batman beyond villains are very similar to um spider-man villains and that's I'm pretty sure done on purpose just due to the fact that I think it's just because you have a teenager in school surrounded by friends being attacked by people I think that's it's basically Batman mixed with Spider-Man that's what they try to accomplish with Terry 
Um, and Terry uh, also has like a man in the chair or a girl in the chair, I should say. Um, so say Spider-Man, Peter Parker has Ned in the movies. Uh, Terry has Max, Max Gibson, who uh, is like the smarter student in his class. And she's constantly helping him on the computer, uh, coming up with first class skills at research, data retrieval, like computer hacking, all that stuff. Um, he's jokingly called her as Alfred after she ordered him to never address her as Robin. So that's just a weird little fun thing to have. Um, but the main thing is that Terry's different from Bruce in a lot of ways. Um, as much as you would think that they would try to make them similar, the the why this story, series is entertaining is because of their differences. And one of the best stories about Terry, um, other than just like just in general how he came to be and who he is episode by episode, and him learning and Bruce learning to trust the more and more because obviously it's the Batman mantle he's passing it across, so he's he's very grumpy. You might be shocked to know. Um, but during the Justice League's early days. Back in the day, it's revealed that this is in a, an episode of Justice League Unlimited called Prologue. I think it's like the last ever episode of Justice League Unlimited. It might be. It might be the last one or two. But it also counts as an episode. It's the last ever episode of Batman Beyond. And it comes in at like a 31-year-old Terry McGuinness. He's been Batman for about 14 years at this stage. Um, he comes to visit Amanda Waller. And why he goes to visit Amanda Waller is that Bruce needs a new, I think it's a liver. I think he just needs something, he needs a, a surgery. And they were looking for genetic tests or genetic um, people who would be able to pass across some of their DNA or some of their blood or whatever, some, some organs. And it turns out that Terry and Bruce are not only a match, but they're identical. Their DNA is identical. And so Terry's like, what the fuck is going on here? Bruce, you are some scumbag. Am I a clone? Like, it comes out that, like, he thinks he's a clone. So he goes to visit Amanda Waller and is like, what is, like, what's going on? Because she would know more than anyone of if there was some sort of situation. And she actually reveals that Bruce had literally nothing to do with it. It was all her. And Terry's like, what are you talking about? Because so Amanda tells the story that she's seen Batman getting older. He was getting slower in as he got like obviously she's watching the Justice League. And the more slower he became, that obviously the more injuries he picked up. And she realized he wouldn't be around forever. And the dark the Dark Knight would have to retire or someone would finally kill him. So drawing on her old Cadmus contacts, she devised a scheme to give Batman a genetic son who would likewise be compelled to take up a life as his successor. So she was going to like make her own Batman in a lab to take over from Bruce when he died. Um, so he, she obtained a sample of Batman's DNA and a young couple was later found at almost identical psychological matches to Batman's father and mother, um, which were Warren and Mary McGuinness. You're kind of seeing where this is going here. And so she gets Warren a letter sent out that he needs to come in for like a flu vaccine or a flu injection of some sort. Um, and so Warren goes in just thinking it's a gen- generic kind of thing. But she's organised so that instead of being injected with any sort of flu vaccine, he's injected with Bruce's DNA. And so his Bruce's DNA will override Warren's DNA if he is ever to have a child. And so it's real comic bookish bullshit, but um, and you'll be surprised to know that Terry McGuinness 
and his little brother. I think his I can't remember his brother's name. Um, but the two of them both have black hair, and Warren and Mary McGuinness both have red hair. So I think genetically, like the a red head DNA is the stronger gene. So that will always come out if one of the parents has it. But if both the parents has it, you have like a hundred percent like ratio that somebody <laughs> the ch- the child will end up a great um with ginger in their hair at some stage. But what happened here is Terry and his brother both black hair. And so it's actually there from the very start, but it's just never mentioned. Like, you just never would think it if you're watching the animated series or, like, the animated show. But, like, once this is revealed, like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense because genetically that makes no sense that two two redheads would have two children and both of them would have, like, jet black hair. So... They both are technically Bruce's sons. And so to go even further, she's like, okay, what, she go- what do I have to do to make Terry Batman? I'm going to murder his parents. And so she hires uh, the Phantom, or the Phantasm, I should say, from Mask of the Phantasm, the animated, ser- the animated movie, um, to kill Bru- Terry's parents coming out of the cinema. So, I mean, to, like, replicate the origin story. And the Phantasm's like... I even you can see her like behind them about to kill them and then she backs away because she's like I don't want to just kill two innocent people like they haven't done anything wrong so she leaves them alive and through that it's like it's it's shown that Terry would have just become it wasn't something to do with her or anything that she did like Terry just became Batman through a series of events like he was just kind of always destiny it was always destiny rather than planned. Like she gave to him the DNA, but after that, she just it was kind of left alone, and it just it just happened that he was the one who ran across Bruce Wayne that night. Um, and so, like with that, Terry gets told that he's not a clone. You're actually Bruce's son, and it's something that's like fascinating to him. And but it also because he's not a clone is why he's so different because unlike his mentor like he has a childhood um he he had a childhood which is completely different for bruce and he also faced demands of a normal like a normal teenager his age like a school career his girlfriend the responsibilities of like trying to bring in money as the eldest son in a family that like their father has passed away so he's trying to help out his mom um matt mcginnis sorry it's his brother's name um and so he also has to kind of try and keep the secret life as well and so with that there's also like the personality differences so they have a lot of similarities in terms of they both just want to do good and that's where it works um but where it doesn't go where it doesn't like kind of go together is that he doesn't actually possess anything close to Bruce Wayne's like years of training in martial arts and he doesn't have the science of detection Uh, he's basically like he's a street fighter and he's an agile gymnast before he takes up the Batman mantle. Um, initially, the Batsuit obviously gave him several advantages, including he can fly, he's got had strength, protection from attacks, but, however, he engaged in regular and rigorous training to ensure that he didn't become dependent on it. And after a while in the series, he basically develops like an Olympic-level physique and lightning-quick reflexes without the suit, so he doesn't actually need the suit at all. Um, he's also somewhat less dependent on the formal fighting styles Bruce implied um, and he's quite willing to use dirty tricks whenever necessary and that's kind of shown in um, 
uh, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which is an animated movie we reviewed over on our Patreon. Um, I don't know when that was, like four months ago maybe? Um, but it's where that's revealed is that like he's fighting the Joker and Joker actually mentions to him like, oh, you literally have just hit me below the belt. So he, do- he just doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's willing to fight dirty. If you fight dirty with him, he will fight dirty with you. Whereas Bruce is always like, no, we have to stick to the stick to the perfect kung fu that I have learned over 50 years. And then I will see this through. Um, and there's also, like, he has the great thing with the Joker in that movie where Bruce is constantly, Bruce is in his headset and he's like, don't let the Joker get in your head. Don't let the Joker laugh at you or, or just keep str- going forward. Just keep hitting him. And Terry t- realizes to himself, "I'm not, I'm not you. Like that's not how I'm gonna solve this." So he actually does the opposite. He starts talking to the Joker while he's beating him up and like angering the Joker by telling him that he's just not funny. Like you're just, you're just not a funny clown. Like when have you ever had a good joke in your whole life? And Joker's getting more and more pissed off because it's the first time Batman's ever talked back to him. Normally he just like says nothing. So he's just like, he just keeps going. So that kind of shows like. As a character, Terry is so... I would say he's more resourceful in terms of, like, he just... He's not willing to go inside certain boxes. He, he's willing to go anywhere just to win the fight. Um, obviously, he might not stab you or shoot you, but, like, he, he's willing to also talk shit while he's beating you up, which is the opposite, really, of Bruce. Bruce, obviously, never says anything. Um, Terry also extensively has studied Bruce's crime-fighting archives, uh, to develop his skills in medicine, mechanics, investigation. He's not formally trained as a detective, um, and he, but he does have an above-average intelligence and has basically kind of learned from Bruce. Um, and once again, there's a great scene in that movie where Bruce gets... Bruce is sidelined for a little bit and Terry's just left alone just trying to solve the mystery. And he's just like... Phew, the real Batman or the other Batman would have found one little clue that everyone else missed and it would have been has this solved by now but I cannot do that so I'm going to have to think logically in other ways that are more aimed at me um, and that's not seen as a bad thing because Bruce is like no sometimes your way is right sometimes I was too fixed on thinking thinking things through rather than just moving um, his most important strength was the realisation that he did not have to be just like the old Batman and had but had talents the other didn't possess. The most shining example of this was shown during, as I said, with the confrontation with Joker. Uh, he unsettled the villain through mind games instead of physical combat, um, which you wouldn't ever re- see Batman do that ever. Um, Terry McGinnis has donned the last Batsuit ever built. This is his equipment. Um, initially developed presumably to compensate for Bruce Wayne's age, he inherited this suit and he basically just uses it to its full capacity. So it's got all the usual stuff that Batman has, but it also has the wings that he can glide, he can fly. Um, he uses a severely upgraded version of the Batmobile that is like a flying car, because it's obviously in the future. Um, and a cool little side thing in regards to Terry is that Will Friedel, who played him, um, he actually did the opposite of what Kevin Conroy did with Bruce Wayne and Batman with Terry and Batman and by that I mean in terms of the voices so Conroy depicts Batman as the normal voice while raising the pitch for Bruce 
and Will Friedle did the absolute opposite with Terry being the real voice while Batman speaks with like a more put on gruff tone it's not like Christian Bale level but it's like just a deeper voice because likely due to obviously um, the other Batman ha- being older whereas Terry's only 16 so obviously his voice hasn't matured fully yet so he's kind of like trying to put it on to pretend like he's a grown man um, and yeah empowers with abilities I mean he's got gadgetry hand-to-hand combat combat throwing they have here I don't know if throwing is a, an ability I suppose it is we could all throw um, it the Babsuit also automatically conforms to his size so has glider wings thrusters on the boots and even a cloaking device um, it has enhanced strength by a factor of 10 allowing him to lift up to 1700 pounds um, it's got forearm spikes that can extend out. It's got visual assistance. Um, it's got a personal communicator. So he's constantly in talks with Bruce, who's back at the back cave, just kind of seeing everything that he's doing. So they're kind of always working together. Um, he's got a res- significantly resistant to heat, electricity, water, and vibrations. Um, and he has a built-in uh, rebreather for underwater combat or exploration. Um, so that's kind of all the things to do with in terms of Terry what he has I mean in terms of his, uh, the stuff that, that suit can do there's like a whole other page but you get the gist I mean it can do a whole bunch of stuff mostly they use it as like whatever the story needs the suit can normally do or maybe he can figure out a way to make it do that and that could be the plot where he gets his ass handed to him then he has to like add something else into the suit well Bruce does normally Terry it realizes that's Bruce er- Bruce's area of expertise, um. But yeah, that's kind of my little report on Terry McGinnis. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I would really recommend even just watching the first two episodes of Batman Beyond. There's also a great episode, uh, where Bruce gets de-aged by Talia Al Ghul. That's an absolutely spectacular episode. Some absolutely great ones in it. Um, people kind of overlook it but that is definitely a series you should go back and watch it definitely holds up um, but I think that's it for this week's Hero Zero um, I don't have anyone else to throw to just a little report on one of my favourite Batman characters hopefully we don't have to do this again because uh, Sean won't leave us again but while he's not here we can say I always thought he was a bit of a dickhead um, I'll tell him that when he, on Monday as well but for now bit of a dickhead <laughs> you can follow us on any social media I'll just leave it at that you can follow us on any of the social media platforms so as I said we have a TikTok uh, Instagram Facebook Twitter they're all down below you can get access to all them it's at Heroes for Hire Pod um, on Twitter it's the 4 is the number 4 but everything else is just Heroes for Hire Podcast we also have a Facebook group if you want to have a chat there um, and we also have a Patreon where we recently released a review for Moneyball which is one of my favourite movies of all time. It was in time just for my birthday at the end of May. So uh, we released that. And we will also be releasing our Obi-Wan reviews uh, probably next week as Sean is away. So we're pu- pushing everything back another few days. But most importantly, oh, we also have a website if you want to go there. We've got loads of episodes if you want to find any of them. But most importantly, just tell one human being that we exist. Just the one, please. So I've been Conor Lawler. And we shall see you all next week, guys. Bye. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.